Welcome to the Luminous Podcast, weekly meditations, readings, and blessings to assist with our rest, peace, and spiritual wellness. You can find out more at LuminousAnglican.com. Good morning, all. How are we? It's good to see your faces. Uh, I'm curious how you come today. Um, I come a little bit tired. Um, my boys are going on almost two weeks of sickness, and so I'm just I'm feeling the momness. For those of you who know that solidarity, um, and I'm also I'm also very aware, and I don't know if any of you resonate with this, but there's something about the magic of spring, especially warmth. Right back. Um, it makes me want to scoop up all the puppies and kittens and miniature donkeys and lambs and bring them home and watch life scamper about. And so if any of you want to help me in my current cause, I'm trying to get a third puppy in our house. And I need your help. My husband is anti. He's not here. So I'm just inviting. And if any of you would like to join my cause, I gladly welcome it. Um, there's my mantra for all things small and snugly. Um, I'm so I'm so actually thankful in light of today that um, we just get to simmer in the scripture in Luke because I have really no wisdom to share with you, and so I'm just so thankful to rely on Jesus's words and His Spirit. Um, so mindful of that. Um, so we're going to be simmering in this passage that we just read in Luke 24. But I'm curious, um, as we start, some of the perspective and the posture that I want to look at this is, is through um, just the beauty of how Jesus invites us into hospitality and prayer. And I'm curious if any of you um, grew up in sort of similar traditional backgrounds that I did, where prayer at some point kind of felt like I was shooting darts at this invisible blob in the sky. Are any of you with me? Like, hey God, I have this thing. And then I just I just felt like I was like waiting for some imaginary response, but wasn't even sure what it looked like to pray. And I'm so thankful in the last couple of years how teachers and practices and people have shown me new ways of entering into prayer. Um, prayers like Lectio, Prayers like breath prayer, um, and specifically um, imaginative prayer. Um, this gem of a soul, Ignatius, who's now long past, um, he kind of coined this phrase, imaginative prayer. And his philosophy and his heartbeat was really experiencing God in all things, in breaking bread, in hospitality, in going on walks, in commissioning small puppies. Um, he just, he really, he just embraced like God in the everyday that we don't have to have these random prayers that go out to the sky, but that God is meeting us. He is with us. He is right where we are. And so this idea of imaginative prayer has become this practice that has become so beloved to me. And I love walking others through it, just sort of, okay, what does this look like to meet God through your imagination, to let God's spirit come and surprise you? And so those of you who are new to imaginative prayer, what it really looks like in a practical, tangible way is closing your eyes and really just imagining whoever of the Trinity you're feeling drawn to in that moment. 
So sometimes we just, I feel drawn to God the Father, the Mother. Sometimes I desperately need the humanity of Jesus. Sometimes it's the mystery of the Spirit. And it's really just letting your imagination go and be with them in this embodied experience that kind of connects everything that we know about God to like just let him settle into our bones and meet us. And so a couple years ago, our family, we were on a country drive and we came across this old dilapidated barn. Okay, you know my love for donkeys. I also have a deep love for barns. And this barn, it was magic. It was just, it was old, part of the roof had caved in, these doors, they had these like huge doors. So of course I'm like, we need to stop and go walk around this barn. Um, and that for some reason is the image that I get every time I enter into an imaginative prayer experience. When I close my eyes and I find myself drawn to come and be with God, I see this barn in my imagination. And so this particular time I was, I was praying and just hanging out with God and I, I saw this barn and I, I kind of walk in and the doors are open and there's this huge table that I see in my imagination and the whole gang's there, the whole trinity. And they come up and we hug and it's, it's warm and it's presence and it's tender and it's everything that they are. And we're sitting at the table and we're just laughing and we're talking. And then one by one I kind of go and I'm hanging out with each of them individually. And in this prayer, particular prayer experience, I'd hung out with God, we went on a walk, I was talking with Jesus, and then I was hanging out with the Holy Spirit. And as we were connecting, I saw this word, like, kind of in the right upper corner. That It was a word that was not familiar. And this is important because so much of this passage is about, like, their eyes were opened. They recognized. They had this aha moment. And so I'm praying with the Holy Spirit, and I'm seeing this, like, fuzzy word up in the corner, and it has, like, an X in it and a PH, and I'm like, I don't, I don't recognize this word. It's fuzzy. But it was enough that it kind of like caught my attention and I kind of just, I just tucked it away. Well, that night I'm reading um, Barbara Brown Taylor, her book, Alter in the World, Gem. Um, I'm reading, I'm reading through and I want to read you what I came upon because it was one of those moments like, like these guys had when they were walking with Jesus of like, I know the things you're talking about, but I haven't yet recognized. And then there's this, okay, now I get it moment. And this was my, okay, get it moment. She says, but Jesus did not have a home he could welcome people into. He could not cook anyone a meal nor offer anyone a bed, which may be what gave him such a hospitable heart. While others opened their homes to him, lending him a table to preside over for a night, his own, and this is a mic drop moment, his own philoxenia, this is the word that all of a sudden I'm like, that was the word that was in my prayer experience this morning. His own philoxenia was much more likely to take place in a field or a boat, on a road or a mountain, wherever people who felt like strangers happened to meet the person who made them feel like kin. It was a gift he had, this divine practice of encounter, so valuable to him that he did his best to teach his followers how to do it. Okay, for those of you who haven't heard this word, like I have not, the way it is spelled is P-H-I-L-O-X-E. 
E-N-I-A. This was the word that was in my prayer moment. And all of a sudden I'm reading it hours later and I'm like, what in the world? What is this philoxenia? I didn't even know how to say it. I had to like Google like the Greek, like how do you say this word? And this is what philoxenia means. The love of strangers, an act of eager hospitality and welcome. Is that not Jesus? Like, is that not who he embodies and invites us to embrace and to offer to other people? I love it so much, it's like plastered on our house when you walk in. You're welcome. Um, So this is the lens that we're going to look at this passage in Luke this morning. This philoxenia, this hospitality, how he embodies it, how he offers it to us, and then how he empowers us to offer it to others. And so we're going to pick up, these guys are walking to Jerusalem. It's not just like down the street walk. It's like a seven-mile jaunt. Um, And I like to imagine that these two guys, I feel like one of them is very like Jack Black personality. Like I feel like he's kind of sassy and funny. Once in a while he breaks out into random songs. I really wish I would have been there with them. Um, but they're, but they're walking to Jerusalem and they're, they're just really honest about like, what just happened? The guy that we thought was the Christ, he's gone. Um, they were sad. I can only imagine they were disoriented, probably confused. Um, and then here comes Jesus and he's kind of like, Hey guys, what's going on? And Jack Black's like, don't you know, you know, and he's singing, um, but it was that moment of like, how do, you not, how do you not know what's going on? Like truly. But they didn't recognize him. And this is so important. And for those of us who grew up in churches where it was like the three-point series, Alice and I were talking about this the other week. Um, like this morning is, you're welcome. It's going to be a seven-point series. But it's not just like bullet points. It's through the lens of hospitality. These are some really tender invitations practical, everyday invitations that we're just going to shine a little spotlight on this morning. So this, think of it more so as a week of consolation of hospitality with Jesus. So these guys are walking, they're with Jesus, and he is like laying out in scripture from Moses all the way to the prophets, like who he is. And still, it's not connecting. They're having that like, this is foggy, I, I feel like I get this, this is some sort of familiar, but like it's not it's not integrating. It hasn't dropped down to their experiential part. And so they get to the end and they're like, he's going to go off. And they're like, do you want to, so do you like, do you want to come and hang out with us? Okay, this is our first offering, our first invitation. They invited Jesus to stay. And I can't think of anything more vulnerable than to literally ask, do you want to come over and like hang out? Like maybe have dinner and a slumber party? Like, do you want to stay? Do you want to come and stay with us for the night? When I put my boys who are still in middle school and I tuck them in, there is nothing more tender than when they grab my hand and they go, mom, will you just stay for one more minute? Will you just stay? And that's what they did. They invited Jesus to come and stay. My husband and I in our marriage, one of the most foundational questions we have offered each other and invited each other to say is, I need to share all of me with you right now in this moment and watch you stay. I need to share the parts of me that are selfish. I'm trying to cope in this way. 
I'm trying to be controlling. I need to just kind of invite you into like the interior of what's going on. And can I watch you still stay? And they did that with Jesus and he said yes, that he came and he stayed as a guest. So that's our first just beautiful offering of his hospitality. He's coming in as a guest, he's staying. And then we come to our second point, is he reclined and he relaxed at the table. And I love that back then they didn't have like the farmhouse tables like we do with the cute chairs. It was like low to the ground. I'm, I don't think they had the like elbows on the table etiquette. I feel like it was like all elbows up, you know, like we're on. And so Jesus is just getting cozy. I imagine that they invite him into this little country kitchen and even the vulnerability, they had not planned and cleaned all day. They're probably like, oh, well, walk in. I'm sorry, there's a donkey in the house. Um, just make yourself at home. Like, here's a little humble barley bread and maybe some wine. Um, but Jesus was comfortable, comfortable enough to recline and relax and just be with them at the table as a guest. I want you to think about the last time that you were invited as a guest to sit with somebody at their table or sit on their back porch. What is that moment that feels like when you just feel so cozy and comfortable and accepted that you can just kind of let your guard down and just recline and be? Is there anything better than that moment? So Jesus got comfy. They shared a meal. He was a guest. When was the last time you felt so relaxed and at peace as a guest? And then we move to the third offering, that he blessed bread. And this is important because this is the part where Jesus transitions from being a guest to all of a sudden becoming the host. That he literally is like, move over, I'm coming in. I'm gonna take my seat at the end. And he blesses the bread. This is the crux of what philozenia is. This is hospitality in its purest form. This is, let me take your humble offerings and bless it. Bless what you have and where you show up in this moment because it is good and it is beautiful and it is true. He did this because he wants to invite us into memories that are everyday. The table, the bread, the comfort of a space that is home. What does that look like in your own place? And he did this because his intention is to wean them and empower them toward their own version of hospitality. And this is the fun part because these guys were not at the Last Supper. They did not have the clarity, the embodied experience of, oh, we were there. This is more of one of those moments of like, oh, I've heard about this. I have an inkling. I, I think I know what's going on, but they, didn't, they were not present for the Last Supper. And so can you imagine, you invite Jesus in, he comes to stay, he's reclining at the table, he moves into this posture as host. He blesses your bread. And you're like, I think I've heard about this. Something's becoming clearer. And then we move to the fourth part. He broke and he gave it. He broke the bread and he gave it. And this is significant because this is, this is everything about when we come to the table. This is his body broken for us. He did the breaking. They didn't have to earn it. They didn't have to clean, clean the house before he offered. There was no striving. It was simply an offering. 
here, here's the bread, here's the bread, I bless it and I break it for you. Christ comes. And I can't imagine, too, that as he was breaking the bread, you know, the holes that had just been traumatically <laughs> hung on the cross were still healing. What would that have looked like if he's handing you bread that he just blessed and you see the scars on his hand? That is such a real, tangible, embodied moment. So tender and sacred. And I love the significance of this breaking and giving because it's in these everyday materials that God shows up to meet us. Again, it's in the bread. It's in the table. I can't help but wonder if it's in the cloth napkins that they were using. They were probably wildflower and very cute. <laughs> there were consolation gifts. God meets us right where we are in these everyday beautiful offerings. And so I wonder what is Jesus giving you and asking you to receive? What bread is he blessing and breaking and handing to you today? And then we move to the fifth offering. Their eyes were opened and they recognized. Okay, this is so significant. This is the integration of embodiment, of experience, of being with Christ. Because all of a sudden, this breaking the bread, one of the commentaries, I love this, they said, the hindrances which had stood in the way of recognizing him dropped like scales from their eyes and they saw. And all of a sudden, this is that aha moment that we've all had, right? Where we're like, oh, this is what you were talking back for that seven mile walk. This is all the scripture that you were saying. This is all the head knowledge that I grew up with. This is all the sword drills that I rocked in Sunday school growing up. Like, oh, it's making sense because I'm experiencing you with us in this moment. Okay, that aha, that is Christ with us. That's the magic, that's the invitation for this journey. That's hospitality. And what I love is that's where they were like, oh, that was that burning in, our, in us. Like, our bodies know what's true. Our bodies know when we come and when God is offering hospitality to us. There is an embodied experience of that. And what I love is that there was no shame. Those guys didn't sit, sit there and spend time going, oh my gosh, we didn't get it. We were such yahoos that whole time he was saying this. I think that honestly is where the enemy does the happy dance over in the corner and wants to beat so many of us up. I will, I'll personalize this. This is where he wants to trip me up. Why didn't I get this? Why is this taking me so long? Why did I mess up again? And God's like, no, it's okay. Here's some bread. Receive. Now you get it. Now let's move forward toward healing and toward empowerment and toward offering this hospitality to others. It takes time to recognize. It takes time. The journey is not linear. Sometimes we have to come back to it and come back to it deeper and deeper. And that's the tender way of Jesus. They didn't beat themselves up for it. They rejoiced. There's a huge difference of consolation and desolation in these moments. E.B. White says, always be on the lookout for the presence of wonder. And is wonder not Jesus? Is wonder not the breaking of bread and the inviting to stay and the reclining at the table and the offering and the receiving and the blessing? The sixth invitation, he departed 
and then they took action. So at this point, Jesus pieces out. And this is a really, really important moment that I want to honor because for most of us, abandonment is the scariest thing that can happen to us. Wait, I invited you to stay and now you're leaving? What did I do? Where are you going? God, where, why am I alone? But I want you to hear this. He didn't leave from us. He left for us. He had to leave because he was weaning us and empowering us to continue this invitation to offer hospitality to other people. He did not abandon us. He left because that portion of his ministry was finishing and he was sending the Holy Spirit to continue walking with us in present time right now in this moment. He didn't leave from us. He left for us. He stays with us. And when he leaves, there is work to be done. And that's why those guys were like, okay, he's gone. Let's go take some action. And so they run over and they find the disciples who are no doubt gathering around, having their own little communion moment going, what in the world? Where did he go? What is happening? Like all the things that I'm sure these guys were talking about. And so I wonder, what is that work that God's inviting you into? What is he empowering you toward? And then lastly, and I love this one, they sat around and they shared experiences. They swapped stories. That's my alarm. They're like, she's done. She needs to stop talking right now. Um, I'm wrapping it. My seven points are almost up. Um, but they shared, they encouraged each other with these hope stories like, wait, hold on. How did Jesus meet with you? How have you experienced hospitality from God? What is your hope? Like, this, this is breath. This is, this is freedom. This is, this is empowerment. Like, our lives ought to look different because we are interacting with God on the daily. In the eating of bread, in the drinking of wine, bless the wine. It's almost porch season, you guys. It's almost gin and tonic season as well. Um, this, this is our everyday sacramental hospitable ways to be with God and so these guys are sitting around and they're just sharing stories they're encouraging each other let us be a parish that does that let us be a parish that's like hey what is God doing in your life I want to honor the hard and the suffering and I also want to hear like what is Jesus doing why is your life different because of him that is such a beautiful invitation there's no heaviness or expectation on that that is like gosh, can we just empower one another and continue to speak hope and life and breath and truth? That's what they did. What embodied stories are you sharing? What are you living into so that you can share? This is the power of philozenia, of hospitality, of Jesus with us. And in closing, I'd love to read a poem, a prayer, you're welcome to close your eyes and just let this simmer over you. But as we just linger in this beautiful scripture, that, the, that what Jesus is inviting us into for hospitality, he's also empowering us to offer to one another. A call to Philozenia. The table, the porch, the plate, the couch, the laundry, the questions, the groceries, the guests. These everyday sacraments are hospitable vessels 
welcomed by our humble host, embodied through staying, relaxing at the table, blessing bread, breaking and sharing, recognizing without shame, empowering us to empower others, telling hope stories, beginning at home. If you would like more information or ways to be a part of Luminous, please go to luminousanglican.com. Peace be with you.